a warm welcome to today's renewal conversation as part of renewal nuggets of team for the soul today i have the pleasure to really have this amazing conversation with father anthony hughes he's the priest at the orthodox christian church saint mary's in cambridge where i had the privilege of being for more than a decade and i really want to interview father anthony because there's something so amazing about the way he is passionate about giving and helping others and the way he integrates spirituality with psychological growth. We had the joy of doing trainings together and I get to know him personally uh, also in the parish. So it's such a beautiful, he brings so much light and so much wisdom. And if you don't know me, I'm Dr. Ioana for Team of the Soul. And I'm really passionate about this intersection between science psychology, ancient Christian faith, which is the Orthodox Christian faith, and also interfaith spirituality. And I want to bring this, this conversation to help you along your journey and give you renewal nuggets, give you inspiration, give you ways that you can practically use in your day-to-day life to integrate mind, body, heart, and soul through daily routines and practices. And we, I'm really excited that you're here, and let's start with the interview. Hi, Father Anthony, and thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Dr. Popa. It's nice to see you. So nice to see you, and I know we go way back for we years do. as I'm in your parish, St. Mary's in Cambridge, and it's such a joy. And if you don't know Father Anthony, you might want to go on St. Mary's in Cambridge website and listen to his sermons, which are fantastic. I love oh, it. Short, you. 10 minutes, and right to the point. And we also yeah. had the joy of doing internal family system training together, which I found mm-hmm. was so helpful and, and exciting. So we got to have a lot and a lot of conversation about how different psychological methodologies can be helpful in the spiritual yeah. world and uh, progression. So I'm so glad you're here. And Thank you. part of, yeah. I'm glad to be here too. Thank you. And part of this renewal conversation is really about having discussions in terms of regeneration and renewal using your perspective and your your years and years and decades of experience as a priest at St. Mary's Cambridge and in other places before, right? And Mm -hmm. really would love to start with a little bit about your vocation and journey. This particular episodes in general are about people who are really interested in giving to others. I mean, there's so Mm -hmm. many ways to live and there's so many ways to be helpful in this world, but there is a particular vocation in terms mm-hmm. of helping others on their journey. And I feel like you're such a beautiful example on that. So I'm curious mm-hmm. about if you want to share with the audience just a little bit about your vocation and journey and what brought you to do the work that you're doing right now. Well, a lot of self-searching. Um, you know, I, I felt I always wanted to be a helper. A person who helps people. That's always been what I wanted and felt was my vocation. In order to get to the place where I am at the moment, meant that I had to meet myself and I had to bring the healing power of God and psychology and spirituality to my inner being because I was not, for many years, I was not free. For many years, I lived in fear due to trauma, etc. 
And all of a sudden, I was shown a way through that. And that's what brought me to where I am now. Um, IFS certainly helped. Orthodox spirituality was absolutely important to me and still is. Um, and yet I also learned from other traditions because I find commonalities that are striking. And, you know, someone once said, you almost have to look at your own religion from outside of it to understand it better, which is what I've been doing over the years, actually stepping out going, okay, how do other people relate to this, these questions that we're asking ourselves? And what can it teach me? And all of a sudden I discover orthodoxy has the same thing, the mm. same foundation, the same ideas about the inner life and healing and et cetera. So um, it's been a long journey, I must confess, a long and painful one. And yet at the moment I am in no pain, <laughs> literally in no pain whatsoever, not physical or mental. And it's a joyous, joyous thing. And when you say, just to clarify for the listener, when you say mm -hmm. Orthodox theology, Orthodox faith, we're talking about Orthodox Christian faith. Yes. You know, sometimes Orthodox is used in other religions, like in Jewish tradition. It is, yes. We're mm -hmm. using it differently in Orthodox Christianity. And maybe, Diana, just for the listener who might not be familiar with it, explain a little bit what Orthodox Christian faith, tradition theology means in a nutshell since you've been well, in a, yeah in a, nutshell, in a nutshell um orthodox christian spirituality is christocentric um it is about christ who we believe is the incarnate son of god it's also about trinitarian the trinitarian theology which is a community of love between the three persons of the trinity and which, believe it or not, has so many practical um, aspects to it that, that our lives can become almost Trinitarian, you know, mm. with uh, communion, not only with the mind, body, and soul, but with other people and uh, the different people that we meet. I, I just don't see any limit to what Orthodox spirituality can achieve in us and it can achieve in the world. One of the most important aspects is that we believe in our prayer to the Holy Spirit. We believe this, that God is everywhere present, filling all things. And think about that just for a moment. Everywhere, filling everything, what do we have to fear? I mean, if we look and with, with the eyes of God, we see God everywhere. So I don't know how people get into this mode of us versus them, or we have to win victories over that religion, or, or I, I just, it's so foreign to my understanding of orthodoxy, which is so open and broad and, and tolerant and clear and beautiful. Yeah, so that is, love, it's Christocentric and, and Trinitarian, of course, those two major things I think are the important things. Right. And it really goes all the way back to Christ, right? There's a yes. sense of a uh, transmission over generation and generation. Yes, and I, 
I love what you said about the Trinity and how everywhere we can discover that. I'm kind of on the same mind. Like everywhere I look, I see this Trinity. Like even in, let's say, I got a client, right? There's a relationship between the client, their true mm-hmm. self, and my presence, myself. So here you yes. go, a triangle. What's interesting in the therapeutical modalities, they discover triangles. They don't call it Trinity. They call no. it safe triangles. Yes. For example, in a couple, you have two people and... You have the therapist in the room or you have the, let's say an internal family system. There's a part, then there's a true self relating Mm -hmm. the true self of the therapist. Well, here you go. You have a triangle. Uh, I'm fascinated by, go ahead. So you brought up the idea of the true self. Of course, we have that in orthodoxy. We call it the image of God, the image of God. And for the Buddhists, it's the Buddha, the uh, innate Buddha, right? The Mm -hmm. Buddha self. I can't remember what they call it. Uh, um, Islam has the same thing. The Sufis have the same thing. So does Judaism. There is a um, a quote from from Saint Gregory of Nyssa that I love so much, and I I think it's in the life of Moses. But he says even the pagans heard the thunder from Mount Sinai, and then we have the Logos theologians saying the Logos Spermatici are everywhere, filling everything infusing and inspiring so gosh there's so much beauty in the world and orthodoxy in it when it's true to itself admires and loves and expresses and reveals the beauty beauty of everything yeah god of the universe of one another yeah that's just how i see it and it's about love it really is it's mm-hmm. all about love mm-hmm. can you say more about that this is so beautiful well, Christ because said it. The reason I ask is that sometimes people talk about as a fundamental compassion versus I think there's something even deeper in love or agape, right? This word in, in yes. Greek, which means more than just a physical love or, or mm-hmm. love for parents or children. There's a self-sacrificial mm-hmm. love. And I'm curious. I think mm-hmm. that's where you're going if you'd like to I am. a little bit. Well, if you if you look at spirituality truthfully, it's not about addition; it's about subtraction. Mm-hmm. So, what we are trying to do in our spiritual walk is to let go of the self of ourselves, so that we can be oriented towards the other. And Christ, of course, said it best when he said, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength," which includes mind, body, soul the whole thing, the whole picture. It's a holistic theology. And um, love your neighbor as yourself. And what I've always thought, not always, but came to think, is that he put the self at the end because it's the most important one. Until you can learn to properly understand and love the self, you cannot love others. And if you do not love others, you cannot love God. Mm -hmm. So it starts here. It starts here. Yes, absolutely. That's how I see it. Yeah, absolutely. And I know in psychology, there is, we are so prone to projection, like so many Mm -hmm. things are conditioned and are in our subconscious. And Mm -hmm. if we tend to suppress or repress all the parts that we don't like, 
Oh. Guess what's going to happen? We're projecting and see negative things on everyone, and we cannot yes. really truly love them. So the way I see this is you're saying this is that when we are truly getting to know ourselves and even love the um, least of the brethren inside, I know you had a sermon about that about five years yeah. ago that was so beautiful, then that actually allows us to be more compassionate with others. I'm pretty sure I've either shared it with you or have quoted it many times. This, the poem by St. Simeon, the New Theologian, which is an IFS poem par excellence. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. And by for the listeners, uh, St. Gregory of Nisa and no, Saint, yeah, Nisa. Uh, and um, New Theologian, those are uh, Christian saints in the Orthodox tradition. They were, mm -hmm. I know St. Gregory was what, fifth or sixth century? And yes, yes. Actually, it's fourth, fifth century, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to look up this poem for you because it Wait. is absolutely, totally mind blowing. And while you're searching, if you're listening, IFS stands for Internal Family Systems, which yes. is a psychological methodology that is very, very helpful um, in, in ways to connect with ourselves and really heal and really move forward in yes. connecting with Now I'm gonna have to do a little bit more searching here, but it's really worthwhile. Here we go. Simeon the New Theologian. We awaken in Christ's body as Christ awakens our bodies. And my poor hand is Christ. He enters my foot and is infinitely me. I move my hand and wonderfully my hand becomes Christ, becomes all of him. For God is indivisibly whole and seamless in his godhood. I move my foot and at once he appears as a flash of lightning. Do my words seem blasphemous? Then open your heart to him and let yourself receive the one who is opening to you so deeply. For if we genuinely love him, we awaken inside Christ's body, where all our body, all over, every most hidden part of it is realized in joy as him. And he makes us utterly real. Now, this is the part that IFS talks about. And everything that is hurt, everything that seemed to us dark, harsh, shameful, maimed, ugly, irreparably damaged, is in him transformed and recognized as whole, as lovely, and radiant in his light. He awakens as the beloved in every last part of our body. That's so beautiful. I, can't believe this profundity and the beauty. That is orthodox spirituality, if you ask me, mm -hmm. in one poem. Right. This idea that anything that we, the way God created is yes. creating goodness yes. and it has almost like the key to unlock towards encountering Christ. We, yeah, we recognize that all the parts of us are good. They're good and they're not to be rejected or resisted or fought. 
there to be loved and transformed by Christ. So I say it like this. We need to evangelize all our parts. Yes. We need to introduce them all to the compassion of Christ. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it's not just the thing of the mind. Yes. And it seems so important to to name this that for most christians encountering christ means repression or suppressing of thoughts mm -hmm. or emotion almost mm -hmm. like okay they're from the evil one which yes. by the way it's possible but most of it we don't want to throw the baby with the dirty water so to speak there are parts of us that have specific functions that are beautiful mm -hmm. once we get to encounter them i think for most people the dilemma is if i'm just going to accept all my parts i'm going to indulge them mm -hmm. so they're stuck into this dualistic thinking it's either mm -hmm. i'm suppressing them or i have to indulge them as opposed to the third way the trinitarian way is yes. there is a healthy distance in a way mm -hmm. we're not indulging or suppressing but by really bringing christ the true self in it the image of god in it there is a transformation that happens would you say mm -hmm. that's kind of your understanding yes I think the distance you're speaking of is the distance we have when we're first making a relationship. We want to get to know the person before we become too close. Oh, I or love that, that person is not ready for it. Right? So we know parts, parts aren't always ready for that kind of intimacy. But we have to be patient. And I tell priests often, young priests particularly, you have to give people room to grow. You can't demand a change. You have to evoke it. Yes. Oh, I'm reminded of Senex Suberi's um, quote here, and I'm going to paraphrase it badly. Sure. But something like, if you want to teach a man how to build a ship, mm -hmm. don't teach them how to put in the nails and cut the wood. Show them the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> that's good i like get that. them to love and long for the ocean and everything else will come yes right that's exactly right and i i i tell folks you know it's not my job to tell you what to do mm. it's my job to take you by the hand and walk with you mm -hmm. and we will see what god has in store for us mm, that's so beautiful and so you allow people to be themselves you allow people to be free even to sin because sometimes it's sin that actually takes you where you need to go in a roundabout sort of way. Um, but you have to give right. people a chance. Right. And you have to give God some space to, uh, to bring the growth as he wishes it to be. Not as you want it to be, mm -hmm. but as he does. Yeah, I I'm love not that. God. At least I don't think so. <laughs> because right. I don't I, have the answers for people. But I do. I think compassion is the answer for everyone. Mm -hmm. And that love that you were talking about earlier. I think that's just so beautiful. And what I like in Orthodox uh, theology and spirituality is this idea that Christ is the lover of our soul. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What you said earlier reminded me we need to give people and also our inner parts a chance to get to know us it's almost like going on a first date and already asking for marriage right away right like uh it doesn't work that way right no it really doesn't work that way you scare people off yeah you know one other thing i'd like to go back to something you said before about a dualistic mind um i find christianity to be eminently non-dualistic 
-hmm. and Christ also to be non-dualistic. Certainly St. Paul, there's neither male nor female, Jew nor Greek, you know, on we go. Mm -hmm. um, but in reading the great love commandment of Christ, to love the Lord your God, your neighbor and yourself, that is a unitive thinking commandment because all of our focus is to be on these things. The Trinitarian focus is Christ, neighbor, self. But mm -hmm. love is the focus mm -hmm. on all of those. And reading in the Gospel of Thomas, for whatever you think of the Gospel of Thomas, there's a, there's a quote in it that says something like, for the man who is divided, he is filled with darkness. Mm -hmm. Those who are unified are filled with light. Oh, that's so beautiful. That's also St. James. Mm -hmm. The double-minded man cannot please God, right? Mm -hmm. So we are, Christ, we are right? non-dualists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but love it. Christianity, for the most part these days, is dualistic. Mm -hmm. There's us versus them. There's bad versus good. There's black versus white. But God fills all things. So where does the dualism go? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If God fills everything. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's I my thing on dualism. <laughs> that's such a great point that you're making. And especially now we're not divided. There's a lot of divisions that are happening now as everyone is online. One of the things that I'm struck, and I'm curious what you think about it, it almost seems like the Trinitarian pattern. It reminds me of fractals. Mm -hmm. Your love math or heard a little bit about it. There's patterns that are happening in the same way on the macro level, mm -hmm. but also as we go and zoom in, now we know what zoom in means. Yes. We get the same kind of Trinitarian connection. And that reminded me of what you're saying, that there is there are those non-dualistic Trinitarian way of relating on a societal level, on a group level, interpersonal level, but also mm -hmm. inside on an intrapersonal mm -hmm. level. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, isn't that amazing how science and math and, and mm, spirituality, they all kind of come together. Indeed. Well, truthfully, there is no inside or outside. Mm -hmm. There isn't. There's only life. There's only the present. That's so everything, what's inside is outside, what's outside is inside, and we can't separate the two things, right? At least well, that's yeah. how I feel about it. Yes, from our inner microcosm, mm -hmm. there's no way to really separate that. Absolutely. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah I think uh, Rumi said it, um, how can there be a door if there's no wall? Mm -hmm. Then maybe there's no door. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. maybe everything is a door <laughs> maybe the cosmos is a door or not a door maybe it's just reality maybe mm -hmm. we live there maybe the kingdom of heaven is within us and around us and among us mm -hmm. i think so happening think right so. now yeah 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 some of that may be a little crazy but you know you have to you have to learn by by asking questions and not yeah. be afraid to ask them. Well, I think you're making a very good point because that's exactly my experience and what mm. I, I, I teach as well. The sense of, yes, we have 24 seven. 
Mm -hmm. 24 hours, we have the calendar, we have one not. But from our inner microcosm, there's really no future and no past. Like even right. if you look at psychology, right? I mean, the past is just memories that, I don't know, 1994, <laughs> when maybe I've been stuck in whatever pattern or conditioning or yes. that event, that's actually gone. Our yes. mind thinks it's still alive, but mm -hmm. it's actually not present. As far as we know, we cannot go back in time. And the no. same with the future, right? When the future comes, here we go. We are, um, I mean, that weighted vacation, when it comes, it's like now. It's no yes. different. And that's the reason why many times vacations are very high expected events can be disappointing because we imagine them to be in a certain way. When they happen, it's like this moment now. There's not this, uh, just this <laughs> continuous now think. moment. It's never what you think. Right. <laughs> We don't, shouldn't trust this. It can dilute itself very easily. But I do like, um, I know Jesus didn't speak exactly about mindfulness. Uh, he did talk about watchfulness, though. Yes. Um, could I you not watch thing. with me one hour, he said. Um, but he did say about the past, let the dead bury the dead. Mm -hmm. It's gone. And about the future, he said, don't worry about tomorrow. Yeah. About the present, he said, follow me. That's it. The present is the only reality. In fact, the present moment is eternal because there's always only the present. So we can live there and be at peace no matter what. As long as we're not regretting the past or fearing the future. You know? Mm -hmm. I think that's just such a kernel of nugget. If you're listening right now and you're multitasking, come back to this. Right, this idea that it is just the present moment that we have access, yes. as, as you said, Father Anthony, the past is just we can have regrets, but we cannot turn it. The future could be worried, and Jesus said, "Let the dead bury the dead." The future, don't worry about it. And it's so beautiful as we stay in the now. And do you have any for listeners any quick tidbits on how to really? stay in the present moment, a quick nugget when you notice, maybe from your own experience of renewal mm -hmm. and practice throughout the day, when you find yourself going in the past and mm -hmm. all the regrets or that, like what's some quick thing that can ground you to stay into the present moment? Well, first of all, when I find myself drifting that way, my mind, um, I catch it much more often now than I ever have because I've been practicing for a long time. So it has become my default uh, setting to be more present more often. You know, uh, mindfulness is easy, but you have to remember to do it, right? So sometimes you forget. Um, but for me, it's, I, I will, if my mind is wandering here or there, I will immediately focus my breath. Focus on my breathing mm -hmm. because you can't breathe in the past or the future. You can only breathe in the present. So that grounds you in the present moment. And I think that's why the monks of, of Athos and other monks use the breath. One of the reasons why is to ground you in the present moment. So you're present to God and present to whatever. Um, so breath, my breath is a great anchor for me. Um, so I just coming back to your breath, all of a yes. sudden, you're like, okay, I'm in the moment, yes. and you unhook, so to speak, from the past or future and whatnot. Right. Okay, that's beautiful. And I will pay attention to my body, 
because when I start worrying, I feel it in certain places. Mm-hmm. Um, so my worried, my anxious parts tend to de- tend to gather in my belly, right? So all of a sudden I go, oh, I'm I'm anxious. Well, something's anxious inside me. Let's go see what that is or why that is. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite story is when I was standing in front of the altar for liturgy and my mind was in a thousand different places and I realized that I would not be able to do liturgy as well as I should if my mind is scattered like that. So I called a meeting inside (laughs) of my parts and I saw them gather around in my mind's eye and I said to them, I know you're disturbed about something. But right now we need to pray. So let's pray together. And then after liturgy, I'll come back and see if you still need my attention. Mm-hmm. And you want to? I experienced the most amazing peace through that liturgy that I think I've ever felt. I had, my mind did not wander anywhere. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the liturgy, I went back and everybody was fine. And you connect but, and you remember your commitment to come back. I did. Yes, I remember my commitment to return to see if they needed some help and they were fine. Mm-hmm. So this little method actually works, Ivana, mm-hmm. because it expresses the reality of what you're feeling at the moment. And you give attention to that, which you need to do. You don't need to, to um, resist it or ignore it because if you do it'll just get worse it always does so that's how i do it and i do that i do it often if i need to i think that's just so beautiful because you touch on something very important the curiosity Mm -hmm. the fact that you are right about to start something important that could not wait and you realize that it needs to be tapped for later. For example, if I'm teaching and all of a sudden I'm hungry and I have a image of a sandwich, I don't, I'm not going to go and eat the sandwich right away, but I could be kind to myself and say, hey, I know you're hungry right after an hour of teaching, yeah. we'll eat that sandwich. It's almost like you're recognizing the needs. You yeah. stay with curiosity, and it was a such mm-hmm. a gentle, loving invitation. Sure. To stay aside and then keep that commitment, and that's a very good renewal nugget, so to speak, mm-hmm. because um, it's sometimes we just have to be right on the spot. Now, yes. if you do have the time as a listener, um, there there is another way to just start listening to the mind and listening mm-hmm. to the thoughts and kind of unpack this is is in a in an episode that i just posted uh, a week Mm -hmm. before but that is if you have time but if you don't i think that's just so brilliant what you just share like we don't have to suppress we can just put to the side right i'm right back um and the other thing that was so important of what you you mentioned you said something like because you're focusing on the breath this is becoming your default Mm-hmm. And I want to make a quick link to science because we have different brain networks and there yeah. is a default network. Now, for most of us, 
it's fight or flight. It's almost like connected to, you know, centuries of being on alert and mm -hmm. constantly scanning for danger. Primitive brain, yeah. Exactly. But what but there is a way now, and I think this is where compassion um networking research is showing we would actually have another guest in a few weeks talking about that that there mm -hmm. is a way to train that and lean into this default network and make it our new network yes um, so i think that's so encouraging right if you're listening like learn from father anthony he tried it he practiced it and it's working <laughs> well i read a great book of how god changes the brain mm -hmm. and one of the things they discovered, these two scientists, one was an atheist and one was an agnostic, they discovered that the best ways to rewire the brain to a new default system is either through meditation or prayer. And, but it depends on the nature of your prayer, whether it actually does the job, because Praying to a God who's vengeful and angry and hateful and ready to get you will have the opposite effect mm -hmm. and people will show symptoms of PTSD yes. under yeah. that system. Oh, but I if you that. adopt the understanding of Christ that God is love, then you have the entirely different opposite response, which yes. is you become what you pray. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You become prayer itself. Yes. And, of course, we know the breath itself is a prayer. We know that. Um, I'm sure your listeners might not know that, but do they well, know that? Well, there's a reason why one of the names of God is breath, right? So, yeah. Yes. So, here you go. Right, you know the, the Old Testament teaching. Yes. yes. The, the name of God that cannot be pronounced. Mm -hmm. So, actually, I've read recently, it could be at some at one point in history, it could be pronounced, but they stopped pronouncing it, right? Mm -hmm. So, the reason is that to pronounce the unpronounceable name, and not only do the, does the Jews have this, but the Assyrians too, and the Sumerians, and the Buddhists, and the, Muslim, the Sufi Muslims, and the Hindus, they all have this understanding that the name of God, the unpronounceable name, sounds like the breath, breathing in and breathing out. That's where the Aum comes from in Hinduism. Mm -hmm. It's the all-encompassing name that cannot be pronounced. It's a, the sound of the cosmos. So we understand the sound of the cosmos is the name of God, and we're breathing in and breathing it out every time we breathe. So if we become conscious of the breath, we're also conscious of God. Yeah. yeah. Or even unconscious of him, and yet he's still there. Yes, we've been come to, to what's called um, conscious competence, right? You have the yeah. unconscious incompetence, then we get to conscious incompetence, then I we like get that. to conscious competence, and the yeah. highest level actually is unconscious competence. It's I like that. Yes, psychological in the psychological and coaching world, this is one of the frameworks. Absolutely. Oh my That's goodness, good. So beautiful. That's good. So beautiful. So I'm wondering, you've already started sharing some of your practices. And mm -hmm. I know in general, it's very easy to, I mean, it's one thing to hear about what could help and why not. And another is to hear from the people who are already successful in practicing regeneration renewal like you are, to kind of walk people through other practices that you have that are helpful for you. Like, uh. 
morning, like one of the ways that I really want people to start thinking about is how to integrate our mind. When I think mind, some people think of thoughts and emotions, although I like mm -hmm. to separate that. We have yeah. our mind, our thoughts, we have our heart with emotions, the way out the psychological world understands it now. We have the body and we have our true self, soul, spirit. Yeah. And how to do this on a day-to-day -day basis. So what are some of the practices that you find really helpful that, that we can get to those nuggets that can inspire other people to, to uh, try? Well, I, I take time day, throughout the day, day to practice silence and breathing. And sometimes that involves the Jesus prayer um, because it just rises inside me. And uh, sometimes silence is best. Sometimes there's verses from scripture that have always inspired and comforted me, like a child comforted at its mother's breast, you know, that kind of psalmic verse. And I use them throughout the day um, whenever I have a moment alone or I make a moment of it. So that's one thing I do. I also try from the moment I wake to begin my mindfulness practice by deliberately doing what I'm doing. Being what you just share with the breath and whatnot. Yeah, the breath and, and if I'm eating, I want to be sure I'm actually eating <laughs> or know that I'm eating. Um, and, and I pay more attention. I try to be single focused all the time so right now i'm focused on what we're doing right now um on my on my granddaughter i'm focused on her my <laughs> wife i'm focused on her i mean that's the way it is yeah but it becomes like i said a default practice it's just something that i have practiced so for so long it just becomes me that's just how i do things and people look at me and go you're always in the present i said well where are you <laughs> <laughs> Where else it's meaningful? <laughs> yeah, where are you? You can't be anywhere else. So, so that's really the practice I use um, throughout the day. And that's my only real practice. Mm -hmm. That's okay. I, I used to do Tai Chi because it was so helpful for the body and the mind together, you know? Mm -hmm. I haven't done it in a while because of the arthritis I have. So, um, yeah, but you, you adopt, you adapt to life as it, as it appears and you do what you can. Yeah. I'm hearing between the lines that you, once you connect with that in the morning, which I like to call uh, Asagioli, then a, psycho, a psychiatrist from Italy, he talked about uh, waking up a second time ah. in the morning when you just wake, you're talking about the mindfulness. It sounds like you yes. carry that no matter what the activity, it could be physical, right? It could yes. be encountering people, it could be a mind activity, but mm -hmm. you really focus on that. Um, and it just reminded me, I mean, on a really fundamental level, if we think about it, we can only move our bodies in the present moment, right? We yes. only have action, <laughs> access to will and action in the present moment. Uh -huh. So where yeah. else could we be? Yeah, I love that. What you said about your, your practice, this is so beautiful. So meeting the present moment is my whole practice. Mm -hmm. it really is mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and whoever comes or whatever comes you meet it and i bet not that... only do you meet it but you welcome it somehow you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh yeah the, the flooding in my basement okay all right i'll make a boat and we'll float it <laughs> <laughs> I after it. i call the plumber <laughs> yes yes 
it almost seems like with that, it, 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 I read it between the lines, but I want to check with you. I'm wow. almost getting this sense of curiosity and joy. Wow. Like there's an excitement, like I don't know what's going to happen next. Is that is that accurate? Yes, it is. It is. I, I really, I see life now, I didn't always, as an adventure. And what happens next is completely unknown to me, and I love being surprised. Sometimes the surprises aren't always the greatest, like fires in your house, but, you know, you take it in stride. Mm -hmm. So you learn to accept everything, and yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. I am very curious about what comes next, though I don't try to live in what comes next. I try to live right now mm -hmm. and go, wow, God, what is next? Mm -hmm. show me <laughs> when i need to know give me a give me a sign <laughs> oh, oh that's such a beautiful but not before i need to know you want to right try to ask god for things we can't handle you know ah mm -hmm. oh, that's so beautiful thank you for sharing that and so inspiring sure. i hope if you're again multitasking you come back and rewind and re-listen to this section okay um, how about you mention liturgy, which I know what it, at least it's my, I have an understanding of it, but would you share a little bit about what you're doing now in terms of your ministry as a priest, what the liturgy may mean? I know you also work in prison. Tell us a little bit about what you're, you're doing now and what inspires you about it. Well, my, my main ministry, uh, pastoral ministry, is my parish and watching it grow and helping to encourage its growth spiritually as well as numerically and financially all those things go in together um so the liturgy is my most wonderful practice it is the most beautiful thing that i do what and is you, liturgy liturgy is the work of of the people in the worship of god and i by god's grace um, not by my goodness, but by God's grace, uh, I get to lead the people of God in this magnificent prayer and elongated meditation. The liturgy is one long guided meditation on the life of Christ and the love of God and the church and the saints and all those beautiful things wrapped up together. So if you pay attention, in it, which we say, let us attend often, so people will wake up and attend, you'll see you are being guided on a meditation, not only into the outer life, but into the inner life. And that's, for me, the, the most wonderful thing of all. I love the liturgy. Just love it. Mm. The other thing that before you go into that, if I sure. can pause for a second, the impact mm -hmm. that Father Anthony's um, teaching and prayerful way of being in the liturgy had, uh, had in my life, within a few years when I joined St. Mary's, I think I might have shared this. I don't think I've ever mm -hmm. shared it online, but I had this dream that you were doing liturgy in the house while I was sleeping. And mm -hmm. I woke up. It was so much beauty. And all of a sudden it dawned on me, like I am sleeping while God is at work in the liturgy. And just realizing when I woke up, it wasn't just literal, but was like literally that God's mm -hmm. presence and work is every second. And yes. it is our 
job to really awaken from this 3D world into yes. the spiritual world. And for me, it was yes. just such a powerful experience. And I want to thank you for that. Because oh, sure. You're very welcome. If it's not prayerful, I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. It needs to be prayerful. So I need to be in the right frame. But I like what uh, the great sociologist Peter Berger said. I think he used to teach at Boston College. He said there is a cosmic liturgy going on mm -hmm. all the time. And for me, the liturgy we do on Sunday is simply our stepping into the cosmic liturgy that's incessant. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. And so, hey, what a, what a, what a thrill to yes. be able to jump into that cosmic flow, you know, the cosmic dance, as Richard Rohr would call it, the, the divine dance, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, a, I think, a beautiful metaphor for the Holy Trinity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so, so beautiful. Anyway. Yes, I heard also a quote from an Orthodox priest that was saying, and he made so much sense, I think it was in my dogmatic class, that the beginning when the God was, you know, when the world was created with God's word, did not just happen way back, like mm -hmm. the Big Bang or whatever we want to think about it. It's actually right. help, it's happening right now. Yes. There is a new creation every moment. And I think every it's really moment. in line to what you're saying about the cosmic and divine liturgy and divine creation every moment. Just read Maximus the Confessor, you'll see it. Yes. The cosmic well, Christ. And then it's what um, Professor Pelican said the problem with Christianity is we've lost sight of the cosmic Christ. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think he's right. I and do. we'll put some links under. I think I okay. want some links from the book, the, some of the books that you mentioned, obviously mm -hmm. from Aries and whatnot. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, and you were saying the second thing that you're doing yeah. before is my, pri my prison ministry, okay. which I've been doing for, gosh, at least 12, 13 years now, um, is my other most loved activity. And meeting with them on Monday nights to share... Um, we don't go to convert people to anything. We simply go to share love, with them, the love of God. Um, so there's no pressure to convert to orthodoxy. Mm -hmm. Most of the men I work with are Roman Catholics and they're beautiful. Be I've met some of the most beautiful people in there I've ever met in my life. And so I, I become inspired every time I walk through those prison doors because I know what I'm going to see. I know what I'm going to meet, who I'm going to meet. They are beautiful. And then when they get out at the proper time, I get to work with them then too and help them with food and clothes and housing and whatever else they need. And believe me, those two things, other than watching my granddaughter and being a married man, are my most wonderful and favorite ministers. Mm. So I see my the ministry to my family also as a ministry. So that's so beautiful. And if you don't yeah. know this, the Orthodox Christian faith, the priests are married as opposed yes. to Roman Catholic. So that's well, they are they are if they want to be. Right, exactly. They have a choice. <laughs> you gotta get married before you're ordained or you're stuck. Yes. Yes. As a celibate man. So mm -hmm. which Thank I don't recommend for anybody. That's <laughs> they're in a monastery someplace. Say that again. I don't recommend celibacy for, for priests out in the world because you need a community to uh, be stable. You do. Mm -hmm. And the family is a community. Mm -hmm. It's like that. And a good monastery is also a good community, but you got to find a good one 
yeah a healthy one and that's not always easy to find yeah and the family is the actual monastery in a sense certainly is certainly is but it sure does take a different discipline than monastic <laughs> yes yes you can't just sit in your cell and do your beads <laughs> <laughs> the beads of prayer yeah absolutely no 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 wow so they the greatest things for me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. thank you so much for sharing all this and i'm wondering as we wrap up are there any other renewal nuggets or regeneration nuggets or any inspiration from your life that you'd like to share oh inspiration from my life goodness sakes that's 67 years of inspiration i know um Some tips something that just pops into your mind it's okay if it doesn't but I'm just i remember curious. you know I, I can go all the way back to my paternal grandmother, who is the one who inspired me to open my mind. Mm -hmm. She was one of the most important figures in my life. She was incessantly curious and didn't mind going outside the box where she pretty much lived all the time. And she introduced me to what um, an open mind is and an open heart. And I will never forget that. I never have. But she always comes to my mind when I'm doing things like this. So keeping an open mind and open heart. Open mind, open heart. And it takes a while to develop those two things. Mm -hmm. But if you can keep your mind open and your heart open, nothing will uh, be able to stop you. Nothing. You'll have no fear. There's no reason to, to ever give up your peace of mind. Mm -hmm. like the elder Thaddeus said don't let anything take away your peace of mind so okay I take that as a commandment <laughs> yes yes especially challenge, challenge. <laughs> right right especially as we know God is everywhere filling all things like where yes. else can we go you've got to wake up a lot <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. waking up is my is my uh, spiritual life trying to keep awake mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. don't use that in a political sense Right, the right. Woke is not a bad word, really. It's not. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Politics. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, I so. love that. Thank you for thank yeah. you for sharing all this. It's been so rich and so beautiful and fun. inspiring. It's been fun. Thanks for questioning me. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. Anything else before we wrap up? No, I think that's enough for me. I could go on all day. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. This has been You're welcome, so wonderful Yana. and uh Thank you if you've been listening, and um, I hope you will come again and make sure I'll, I'll have you again in here. And thank anytime, you. anytime. God, okay. God bless you, Anna. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. All right. Well, thank you so much for being part of today's renewal conversation. Such a rich conversation. And thank you, Father Anthony, for all your wisdom and everything that you shared. And I hope that you can benefit from it. And no matter what your walk in life is, that you can distill some of the wisdom and can really use the way of grounding in the present through the breath, through awareness, staying in the present moment, where is the only moment when we can have access to action and our will and choice. So I invite you to really get applying. I've been knowing of him, of Father Anthony, and integrating some of his beautiful cosmic 
spirituality in my life and I've been finding amazing results as well. So with that, until next time, I say goodbye for now.